0: You're listening to Highlights for an episode of The Creative Process.
1: I have a distinct memory of being in the Prado when I was about seven years old and seeing Velasquez's great Las Meninas painting, which was then in the 1950s displayed very theatrically with a Mirror the exact same size as the painting opposite in the window, and see, so it had this kind of Alice through the looking, looking glass quality for a young child of being able to see yourself in the picture through the mirror, looking at the meninas. So that's just the first uh, vivid memory I have of looking at a work of art. But essentially, you know, I grew up looking at works of art in Europe or cities or architecture. Um, And I was interested in making art at a certain point and in history, but in college, I finally realized that it was the combination of those two, art history, that intrigued me. And so I started taking art history classes.
0: This was at Brown?
1: At Brown University. Um, And Brown in those days, and I think still, had no distribution requirements, so Mm -hmm. you Could take as many courses whatever courses you wanted so once i discovered art history i did nothing but art history for a year and a half and then went straight on into graduate school at the institute of fine arts at new york university which happens to be um, six blocks north of here Um, so my graduate education really was in new york between two major museums to the north a few blocks was the metropolitan museum and well, to the south later. Yes. was the Frick. And those were two poles of my professional existence and of my training, if you will, in the arts. So, and I ended up working in both museums as it happens.
0: I think about now, just in terms of the way we receive things, it's often criticized as flat and how our, I don't know how it's changing our appreciation or our value of sculpture or the f- physical object. I i don't know. I mean, also the way images of art is, are shared now. Uh, what has that been at the evolution since you, the beginning of your career in terms of that?
1: Mm. I mean, there's a couple themes mm. in what you've just said. I mean, yes. one is... The, the relative value of sculpture and painting and how it's mm-hmm. viewed today, mm-hmm. and of course that's an ancient topos mm-hmm. going to back to what's called the Paragone in mm-hmm. in the Renaissance in Italy when there was there were many debates and arguments about which was the best medium, sculpture mm-hmm. or painting, um, and um, it I think through the course of the 20th century most people thought that painting had won that battle. Um, And that that was the most admired, um, most widely viewed art form. Um, I'd I'd say in the last quarter century or so, sculpture has made, has a much stronger presence in contemporary art. Um, It's partly as media have, have blurred somewhat. There's less hard lines, an artist working in one medium and another mm-hmm. um, that working in three dimensions seems to have become more interesting mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Um, I'm saying this as a non-specialist in the contemporary field but I, I think that that's true. I think people have become more interested in in sc- sculptural in objects um, and it's you know it's simply an observation of mine rather than something which I know to be a fact. Well, I, you know, as I said, I sort of started on big exhibitions, yeah. and it happened when I first went to the Art Institute of Chicago, uh, which is the first museum I worked in yeah. in 1982. Um, as a young, green curator with really no experience, they put me in charge of was the largest exhibition they'd ever had um, at that point, of which I wasn't the organizer in the intellectual sense because it had already been put together, but I was in charge of bringing it to Chicago and designing it and presenting it. Um, And so it was called The Vatican Collections, The Papacy and Art. It was the first time the Vatican had sent a major group of art outside of the Vatican, Um, and it was very interesting to present it in Chicago, which is a very Catholic city, mm-hmm. meaning there are a lot of people with which Catholicism is really important in their lives. Um, and this was an exhibition that uh, was a little bit unusual at the time. It showed the collections as they were formed over time and how each pope had a different way in which he created his own museum or you know had a different approach. Um, and so you know it was sort of over, over a thousand years of the vatican history if you will the way in which art served the church and in particular the vatican um so for me it was just a great experience and lesson in how to put together an exhibition but also how to communicate mm-hmm. um so i was i had never been on television or radio for example i'm in in three months I had 25 television and radio interviews, national, international. Um, so I had to learn how to communicate to a variety of different audiences and that is, is I think one of the great values of a museum is that we do have so many different kinds of audiences and it's really important that we understand what each audience is looking for and try to speak to them in a way that will resonate with them. Um, but also to challenge each audience, yeah. not just to say it's this, but you know, what do you see in it? To try to to create this dialogue, because I mean, back to the question about how museums can educate. That you posed earlier, um, in this country, as everyone knows, the arts have become less prevalent in in schools in the in the, in the educational system, and it's a great pity because I mean I firmly believe that the arts should be a part of everybody's education, and it's not just learning the history of art, but it, it's about opening up creativity. Is that as a as a means that can um, that can be useful to somebody throughout one's life? And so um, museums can't replace the school systems. I mean, yeah. we're not big enough. And a place like the Frick, of course, is you know it's a, a, a very great museum, but it's a small museum, so we can only accommodate a certain number of students. Um, and so, what we try to do is reach that small group of number of students, but reach them really well and really deeply, um, and to try to give them a, a meaningful experience, which I think typically happens over time rather than one visit. So we really encourage if possible that students come back and that they begin to feel that this is their place and that's important for an institution like the Frick because it it still has I think in many people's minds a slightly forbidding quality it seems a little distant uh, certainly for young people You know, how, what, what's going to be in the Frick for them mm-hmm. and so we have to try to make it welcoming to them and then um, make the visit about them so they really feel that they've been paid attention to um, and make them want to come back. And it's only maybe a few students that we can reach, but they may tell their friends, they may bring other people back. Um, so I think that's, that's the role that we can play. And as we've been speaking, it's not just about art history. It's a broader, broader humanistic um, opportunity that we offer because this can be taken off in the context of literature or film or dance, uh, or history. Dance uh,
0: is a great way for. Exp- we were talking about sculpture before, mm-hmm. of exp- sharing with people the the livingness of sculpture. I think anyway, that's a mm-hmm. side point. <laughs> um, no, yes, it is a bar- so. If you don't mind, also because we're working with some you know art schools and arts mm-hmm. programs like the, uh, National Bo- Beaux uh, and city international design. So we will invite their creative responses. I would love to do that and also feature some of those. Um, I guess you have some images or documentation of some of the creative responses already to, to your collection. I think that that's really you know, beautiful that you engage people's imagination. To listen to the full interview and learn more about the Creative Process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info